submit to Hollywood. Show him the ways you've been to Hollywood. He's helping him to Hollywood. Good afternoon, and welcome to another fantastic episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Life lessons, uh, uh, um, life lessons of classic Hollywood in classic Hollywood. I'm going crazy today, Georgia. <laughs> oh, I'm Moya. <laughs> and I'm Georgia, and I'm two-thirds nuts and the other third crazy. <laughs> I didn't say I had a brain fart there. But no, we are we are here to talk about classic Hollywood and how it relates to contemporary issues uh lifestyles and what have you and we are excited because it's betty davis time yay right we haven't done betty in a while and of course she is the namesake of this fantabulous podcast and it's it's betty time so georgia what is our movie today the corn is green it's from 1945 Yes, that's and right. if you have never watched a Betty Davis movie, this is a very good place to start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, yes. Now, why do you say that, Georgia? Um, I say that because she gave such a powerhouse of a performance here, and I feel she should have been nominated for Best Actress Academy Award in this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are wondering why we name our podcast, How Betty Davis Saved My Life, if you watch this movie, this is a great example of why she does just that. Yes. Um, she is brilliant in this role. And uh, I've, I've got a lot more to say later on in the podcast about it. But um, Betty can be a take no prisoners powerhouse Mm -hmm. uh when the situation calls for it uh you know she uh, well well, this is what i love most about betty she stands behind her convictions Mm -hmm. right or wrong 100 percent and and i that's one of the reasons i think why we it epitomizes our title why how betty davis saved my life and in this movie this movie she takes such a strong uh, woman's role. Uh, pictures in the 1940s de- often depicted women in very strong roles, you know, during the war. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, she does the most amazing job against a lot of opposition and against odds. She makes such a huge impact on the lives of other people. And one of the, the things that she says in this movie that I really admired was she said when she was young, she said she looked out and saw a world with disease and ignorance, and she felt she needed to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm already getting into a little bit of life lessons, but but think about that. Right. And that's that's how I'm going to frame frame this movie. So tell us about this movie, Georgia. What is the plot? What is this about? Okay, Betty Davis plays a spinster with a master's degree and the year is 1895 and she goes to this small welsh mining town out in the country she has uh, inherited uh, this property and she sees these uh the people in the town who are pretty much illiterate mm-hmm. and uh she decides that she's going to 
start a school for young and old alike. Mm -hmm. And there's one student in particular who shows so much promise and potential. And so she decides to uh, take him under her wing and tutor him because she's hoping that he will earn a scholarship to Oxford. Okay. Um, and, you know, as you're saying that, so those of you who may ha may not have seen this, maybe you've seen, like, Stand and Deliver. Uh, I've never seen Dangerous Minds. Have you ever seen that with Michelle Pfeiffer back in the day? All these are back in the day, but have you seen that I one? Don't, I don't think so. I don't, okay. I don't think I... Uh, you have Bright Road with Sidney Poitier, I believe, and um, Dorothy Dandridge back in the day. You have uh, Blackboard Jungle, which I, was was that Sydney's debut with Vic Morrow and um, that and Glenn Ford, um, and other yeah. stories that are teacher centric, teacher as savior, whether you like that or not. But that's kind of the theme. Um, but I think this one, in my opinion, with Betty. Is a little bit more, you know. Yes, I have, a, you know, drama and it, but it's a little bit more realistic. Um, and Betty went on later on in her career. I told her we have to do this movie too. Um, the play a teacher fighting. I want to say was it communism or fascism? Might have been fascism and kind of, I can't re can't remember. Gosh, y'all help me and hit us up on our Facebook page. How Betty Davis saved my life. Um, uh, is it called Danger Zone or oh something? Well, well, people want to book burn, and about and and, and so it really gets to some deep issues about censorship and um and and how cancel cancel culture before it was cancel culture. So I think those are the only two movies where she actually played a teacher. Yeah, I think that last movie you were referring to, uh, Moya, might have been um. Fahrenheit 451, maybe? No, 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 no. It's something with zone in it. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so y'all guys hit hit us up and let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Um, hopefully, I'll find it before we um, finish this. And if you know what it is, let me know. But anyway, she plays a teacher in there and, and um, almost a similar thing. To, you know, the town, she, the town is a... She was once beloved, but then the town comes against her because she wants to up the level... Of education for her for her students but in this movie like you're saying say georgia um she's going in with a totally blank slate because these people are illiterate yeah and it, it's kind of shocking um that uh, i think the welsh language also for them because you know they did speak a, a times a little bit different language and you will hear it my only criticism of the movie is i wish that they had let us know what they were saying in Welsh at times okay. because I couldn't really, yeah. Um, but there were, um, one of the things that I wanted to bring out is that there were negative attitudes against speaking uh, their their language, which was viewed back then as an obstacle or even a, a detriment uh, mm -hmm. to progress in the modern world. And so um, they, they felt that you could only receive a proper education in English only. Mm -hmm. And so today we are more accepting now of preserving other languages and cultures. Okay. Um, and so this is one of the few Hollywood movies where uh, of its time that accurately portrayed a foreign culture and, and his people. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of a very, uh, kind of a very unusual thing but they depicted it beautifully mm -hmm. and 
the singing in this movie. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes. I was gosh. very impressed. It was absolutely wow. beautiful. Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. Especially that, that Welsh lullaby. I yes. want to learn that and the words to it. And the, Oh, it, it, Max Steiner, when he does the music in yes. a movie, you know it's going to be top-notch standout it's just beautiful it was absolutely so even though i thought it was unrealistic that they were singing on the way back from the mine you know like <laughs> it might be a snow white and the seven dwarves like, right right what? right right <laughs> right i thought no nah, that's not that realistic but otherwise i thought you know it's just, it was just really so beautiful to hear um this this story is uh, auto, semi-autobiographical uh Somewhat from um, playwright and author Emmeline Williams. He he was Welsh, and uh, he was from a small town in Wales. And um, this basically is his story. And he he said it about thirty years. I think from what I saw on YouTube, this channel um, was talking about the National Review. I'm sorry, the National Theater of London. They are had a recent revival of his work this particular work and they were talking about trying to get get bring him back into the forefront of welsh literature english literature if you will um uh uk literature um but yeah so he, he has his set about 30 years because it, 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 it when this happened to him talking about a real teacher i think her last name was scott martha scott and correct me if i'm uh if i'm wrong um, and it's on YouTube. This, this is on YouTube, uh, and again, I, I don't 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 remember the the um the YouTube channel. I want to say it's the National Theater's channel. Just a little about five minute clip about uh them having this revival of this play, and yeah, so in the '30s is when he was would have been like John Dahl's character, but for the movie they put it back about um i think 30 something years uh before that or certainly before uh around that the 30s just pushed it back a little bit but yeah this was actually happened to him teachers saw something in him and said you know help him get into oxford so uh yeah this is actually based on a, on a real story and um it was just fascinating because to me georgia no one thinks that have uh no one thinks anyone else ha has a hard luck story but them and and when you see and I, you know I, you, you already know i love world history i especially love english history and when you see the the poverty like the pictures actual, actual pictures from back in the day of the the coal miners even here in the in the good old us of a uh people like in uh Virginia, West Virginia, and, and on those places in uh, the Ozarks and wherever they have coal mining and and just hard, hard labor like that, you know, um, those people were, I mean, they couldn't even afford to be poor. They were poor. They couldn't even afford the OR. They were just that freaking poor. And uh, it was just amazing how they survived and just got on with it. I, I'll, I'm, all, I'll, I'm always fascinated when I see people in the past, how they just had that hard scrabble life and just made it work. Yeah, you know, and our country was founded by a lot of people who went through just that. They didn't have a whole lot of money, but they had a dream of a better life. Yeah. And and so and they just worked and persevered through it and uh and education 
yeah. was at, at different times seen as a privilege and not a right. Nowadays, right. we look at education as, as a right and not a privilege. So right. different ways of looking at education uh, yes. back then. Yes, yes. And and um, I like what you said earlier about them, their ideas on education because like you said, it seemed like it was for the privileged, privileged class. And that's why a lot of people did not invest in it. Um, and you'll see in the movie that, you know, of course they came around, but um, John Dahl, who plays the, the, uh, the Morgan Evans, he got a lot of, he, he was like an innovator, almost like a, 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 a rebel for trying to get an edge. And of course at first he was not with it because peer pressure, but we just, like you say, we just take it for granted. But getting a formal education, just learning how to read, that was like so frowned upon. That's so foreign to us, isn't it? Yeah, I was surprised that they would give him a hard time because he wanted to learn how to read, and then they would call him like teacher's pet, and and how I I was just shocked and dismayed about. The attitude about education. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, I, I, I was floored by it. <laughs> well, but you know, that was the, those sensibilities back then, you know, especially with the dawn of the industrial age and, and what have you. Um, and not just there, just, just even in here in America, because, you know, you can, you can eat those books, you know, and, right. and that was the thing. Men took care of their families being totally illiterate and they will work and make money and, and you survive and, and they were illiterate and the type of type of jobs that they had, you didn't have to necessarily, you didn't have to be literate. So I can understand, you know, even though that's so foreign to us, because we, of course, now everyone knows the value of, the, of an education pretty much, but um, I, I get it, you know, um, and then, and then the class system. That yes. was, hey, that's for those folks. We work for those folks. They pay us. So, you know, we understand the system and where we stick, where we are in it. So we don't need to be educated. And, and, and I think holding on to culture was so, and being, and, and whether they knew it or not, but being illiterate or staying in your place meant that you could hold on to your culture. And if you got educated, then you were moving away from your culture. You were like a sellout, what we would call now, or you know, or a turncoat or, or a traitor. And so there's so many socioeconomic and political ramifications that we don't even think about. We don't even think about today of, of learning how to freaking read. That's, you know, that's, oh gosh, it's, it's so foreign to us, you know? It is, but you know, one of the scenes in the movie that I thought was so beautifully done was... When he visits the uh, Oxford campus for his tests, mm -hmm. and it, the, the way he comes back, it's like this: he realizes that there is whole new worlds, yes, that lie that are there, and it opens him up, uh, uh, him up. And I thought, oh my gosh, what a beautiful scene! The way he explains it, yes. it's so amazing how he realizes all the things that lie ahead of him if he gets an education beautifully done yes. i think that is one of the most amazing scenes in this entire movie how he talks about how 
it, it is just opens him up. And, and, you know, and I feel that way about travel and education. Those two yes. things expand us as people yes, and make us, you know, mm-hmm. yes. Right. For I, sure. I wrote some of my fondest memories of grade school was going to museums uh, with my grandmother and, and went then uh, school field trips and those teachers. So let's just talk about Betty Davis's character and um and I for the longest George I did not want to see this movie because y'all only I only want to see Betty being bad you know I, that's that's <laughs> I was like I don't want to see her I I mean I really really resisted seeing this movie for a minute and then I said let me just see it since we got you know when we started our podcast I want to be versed in all things Betty and I was yeah I knew it was gonna be a great performance I didn't have any problem with that but it was I agree with you this is one of her because you know Betty could do anything. Uh, but this was one of her better performances because, you know, people always expected her to be bad. But when she played this character and then she didn't play her so angelic, like she was a a a, a, a god of some sort or some saint. She was real. She was a woman with emotions. She was a woman who had experienced hurt and pain. Like I said, she was a spinster um, who had missed out. Um, but she knew and accepted that her calling, her vocation, not just her job or her profession, her calling, her vocation was to educate uh, the masses and educate children and educate particular people, these blank slates, if you will. And Betty played that with the right amount of emotion. And and as a, as a person looking at it, I didn't feel like, oh, I'm looking at a movie. I felt like I was in this uh, Welsh town with these people watching this. I don't know about you. That's how I felt. Well, I was really very impressed with the way her performance was very uh, restrained and, but still very nuanced. Yes. There are scenes like I was watching her when she's looking out the window, the emotions that play across her face. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. But you know, she, at times was like take no prisoners. She was a powerhouse. And other times when the situation called for it, she played this little uh, schmoozer. And then right. she was a, a fierce mama bear, but she knew how to play up to a man's vanity. Yes. She yes. <laughs> like, there's literally sparks that fly right. between her and other characters in some of these scenes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they would go on to say some really amazing things about her um, in this movie. Uh, both both um, John Dahl and Joan Loring were absolutely terrified of working with Betty Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, but she turned out to be so helpful and so supportive. Even on her days off when she wasn't on uh, camera, she would show up at the set. She'd be uh, in the wings uh, there uh, on the set, and she would help. And so uh, Joan Loring later on compared her to one of the top one or two teachers she ever had in her life because she felt so strongly about Betty Davis's help. Mm -hmm. And she said she was absolutely wonderful in helping her as, as a brand new actress. And Dahl also, John Dahl, who played Morgan Evans, said about Betty Davis that every time I played a scene with her, I felt strength coming to me from her. Mm-hmm. And so she helped him a lot. And these two went on to get 
the Best Supporting Actor nominations. Mm -hmm. They didn't win, but I mean, that's how well these two newcomers did. And largely because she wanted their scenes to be good. Yes, yes. Um, so um, Betty Davis did fight with the director, Irving Rapper, and he... <laughs> He accused he accused her of uh, taking over his job as director. Mm -hmm. At one point, he did walk off the set and he threatened to quit. But not only did he return, but he went on to make two more movies with her. One of which was Now Voyager. Yes, <laughs> I, I thought that name sound familiar. I knew he had worked with her with something else. So yeah, and we still I think we still have to do Now Voyager, guys. Uh, uh, so it's 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 coming, it's coming, it's coming. Um. That, yeah, that that's so. So she was teaching on the screen and off the screens. But you know, Betty Davis. She, go ahead. She she did, and you know, she um allowed them to shine in their roles. I mean, that's one of the reasons why you know Betty. You know, can sometimes be a difficult actress to work with, but then again, she wanted the other people right. to do well too, and for them to shine. And so. I think that should be one of the things that you think about if you look at this movie again, if you've already seen it, or if it's your first time seeing it, you want to look at these other performances by the supporting actors when they are with her and see how they are. Because a lot of it is not only due to the great direction by Irving Rapper, but also by Betty's uh, contribution. Well, Betty Davis said, because I saw in some interviews with her, Someone asked her, well, what about when you, you know, you've been uh, labeled difficult and you will take over a movie and directors. This is literally what you just said. And she said, only when the people are not being professional. Now, this is her opinion. She said, when they're not doing good work, she said, that's the only time I would do that. And hey, Mr. Rapper Maybe he learned a thing or two because he went on to work with her and he got some of the, this was an excellent performance. We know now Voyager, that's a clinic on how to act. This To me, this is a clinic on how to be an actress. If you never want to take a, you can't afford an acting lesson or you don't want to take acting lessons. You know, some people don't even need acting lessons. But if you want to know how to act well, and like Meryl Streep said, uh, you know, it's known that Betty Davis was a huge influence on her. Um, you know, look at, the, these Betty Davis movies, you can look at all of them from the beginning of her career, even to the very end with her last movie, um, The the Wells of August. So, I mean, you know, the woman, that's why we love her so much and why we chose to name our podcast after her. And this movie is just ripe with life lessons. There are little sub stories, little sub love stories and plots and stuff. A lot of humor. Nigel Bruce and and a whole host of other cast of uh, characters uh, that you will recognize. Of course, Nigel Bruce, uh, Doctor Watson from um, Sherlock Holmes fame. Uh, just a lot of people. Mildred Dunnock, who's been in everything, had it like her career. She must have been acting for a hundred years. Um, but I, I laugh when you brought up the um, Joan Loring. Uh, cat character Bessie Waddy, because you know where I'm going with this, Georgia. I was like, there's always one there. There is always one there who wouldn't give you the time of day as a man because you're broke and don't have anything. You know they they tease you and play they they not serious. The minute you get a come up, or the minute and here they come with these thirst as we call on the streets, call them these thirst traps. 
And I don't know about you, Georgia, but I was like, oh, Morgan, don't do it. Don't do it. But I, you knew he was going to do it because he was a young man, you know, a young man with ho hormonal challenges, you know. And as soon as she came back, with her story, her sob story. And again, I was like, Morgan, don't do it. But these, Georgia, this happens all the time. How these thirsty chicks, scandalous broads, set these dudes up, man. And kudos. And and like uh, uh, Miss Lily Moffat, Betty Davis's character, wasn't having it. Because she knew the girl was a tramp. Let's just say it. <laughs> you know, she was not having it. And so that was funny. Girl, I was, I was screaming. When it when it hit the fan, when it all came out, I, I laughed. I laughed my butt off. I thought it was so funny. But that's the importance of having good support. Morgan Evans had good support. His teachers, the 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 uh the other people in the community behind him and and, and then all the people that were against him and were shunning him for getting Charlie, they 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 chest was sticking out as if they were going to Oxford. You know, so you have to really have, believe in yourself and and don't listen to the to the voices and the people in the crowd, the player haters. Okay, you have to really have the courage of your convictions, and, and when you have a dream and you're on a certain path, because those player haters, man, they will take. Well, misery loves company, doesn't doesn't it, Georgia? Oh, it sure does, Moya. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what Bessie was out to do. She wanted to just drag everybody down. Uh, and I'm so glad that, well, things took a turn when they could have easily gone another direction. Yeah, I mean, so many young men's lives have been destroyed by the, her type of actions. And um, and when I say destroy, or just or dreams delayed, um, and that, and and the yeah. things that happen. Um, shout out to Thomas Sowell and Walter Williams. These are the things that keep people in poverty. Um, lack of education or no education, unplanned pregnancy, joblessness, and see it trans transcends uh, race, culture, uh, where geographically, but especially in the Western world, these are proven facts that keep people in poverty, and these are things that are so easily preventable, especially in the twenty first yeah. century. There is no reason for anyone to be illiterate. Or, or you don't have to have unplanned pre uh, pregnancies or anything like that. We are, we are so beyond of these times when this movie was set, and and it's, so for, so it's almost like people want to live in a time where you didn't have resources and you didn't have knowledge of how to better improve yourself. It's that's insane. In my opinion, that is insane. Um, you know, I thought that they were very tasteful in the way that they touched on that subject matter, because you didn't hear about that in movies up until this time, really, you know, even though it's 1945, mm -hmm. but I thought that they did a beautiful, subtle way of, of bringing the subject matter up in my opinion. Yes. Um, you know, there is so much interesting trivia about this movie, Moya, um, you know, Betty Davis told a friend in the 1970s that she turned down, she was offered the role of uh, uh, the movie Mildred Pierce the same year, 1945, mm -hmm. and she wanted to make The Corn is Green instead because she said she didn't want to do a rags to riches melodrama and she couldn't stand to work for Michael Curtis again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a and, reputation. But ironically, ironically, 
Betty was not nominated as Best Actress for her role in The Corners Green, and the Best Actress nomination went to Joan Crawford for mm -hmm. Mildred Pierce, and Joan Crawford won yes. the Best Actress. Yes. With her, uh, with her famously uh, staged uh, Oscar acceptance in, in the bed, getting her award, totally staged uh, photo op. Y'all know I love Joan, but uh, it was staged. Everybody knows that. Oh, we do. And so so Betty was actually, you know, kind of bewildered and crushed that she didn't get a nomination. She should have. Um, yeah, and, and I think she, she should have. But, you know... Um, Betty, at this point, was able to pick and choose her roles. And so mm -hmm. she um, uh, would do all kinds of things to make herself... She would go all out for a role in this movie. Yes. You know, she's only 36 or 37, but she wants to create the appearance of being older. Right. So she wears a fat suit that makes her look about 30 <laughs> pounds heavier. She wears a wig. and But amazingly, it, as much as she hated wearing that wig... Uh, part of a light from the set fell on her, oh, on no. her head, and it saved her life. It saved her from serious injury, oh that, that wig she wore in the movie. Talk about helmet hair. Gosh, I never yeah. heard a story like that. That's <laughs> literally. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things, you know, after I saw this movie, I thought, hey, she didn't smoke a single cigarette throughout the entire yeah, movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? You are so, well, uh, that would have been bad for a teacher. So this is when teachers still had respect. This was a different time, ladies. This when teachers, you didn't know what your teacher's private life was. You didn't want to know what your teacher's private life was. You didn't know what they thought about anything but them books. And that was it. And you, your parents, you felt perfectly fine sending your children to school because all they was going to get ABC, one, two, three. And a three hours or whatever they say. So totally different time. Totally different time. Well, Georgia, we are right at the end of our podcast, I'm going to leave you with the last word, madame. Okay. Don't pass up this chance to see a gem of a film. I think it's a beautiful experience of a movie. And um, I, I think that if you want to see Betty do some real trademark zingers, and if you want to see a little <laughs> bit of comedy, <laughs> Betty gets some good lines in there. Yes. And I, I like it when Nigel Bruce says, the impertinence. <laughs> and that's kind of, I thought that was so cute. It was. But anyway, <laughs> I just, you know, this is one of these movies that makes you feel good. And it makes you think. And it makes you think about the impact that one person can have on so many other lives. And when you have a chance to do good, hey, you know, you should do it. Because yes. also that's what the good book says. Yes. And yes. yes, this movie is so full of many life lessons and Moya covered many of those so beautifully. So I don't even need to do it here. So I will go ahead and turn the reins back over to you, Moya. And we will wish our viewers ta-ta uh, for now. And remember, we've got a great movie coming up next time. What is it? We've got... It's Ruggles of Red Gap, one Yay. of my favorite movies. Woo! Absolutely. Uh, back with uh, Charles Lawton and a, a comedy. Um, Georgia, where where can people find The Corn is Green? Um, actually, you can't see it on YouTube, but you have to pay for it. And you can also see it on Amazon. But mm -hmm. it's, it's not very much money. I think you can get it as for as little as only $1.99 to rent the movie online. Okay, there you go. 
So please check out The Corner's Green with the one and only Miss Betty Davis. Not being a bad girl, being a good girl, but still snarky. You guys, I had a blast for Georgia. I am Moya. We will see you next time on How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. You guys take care. We enjoy it. We appreciate you. Check us out on all the listening platforms except Amazon Music. And don't forget to hit us up on Facebook at How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Like Georgia said, ta-ta for now. Hey.